Today is the 25th of December 2023 and we're in Kupanyangs, which is an, an area in Kharkiv. And we're delivering winter supplies. It's cold. We've got uh, clothes, we've got uh, uh, mattresses, blankets, solar lamps, all of the supplies, essential supplies that we deliver along the frontline communities in Ukraine so that people can stay in their homes um, over these very difficult winter months. Now, you just mentioned that we are here on Christmas Day. What's the importance? Why working today? Well, we're working today because the war doesn't stop. It doesn't stop on Christmas Day. You still hear the shelling in the background. And so, no matter what day of the year it is, uh, people in these communities need support. So, we're here, and I think it's particularly important on this day, to show the solidarity of the international community with the people of Ukraine who are suffering the impact of the war that uh, Russia brought in February 2022 to Ukraine. And you've been traveling uh, quite a lot to, um, across Ukraine and visiting some communities across, of the, across the front line. What have you seen? People in the front line communities are determined to stay in their homes. They're determined to, to carry on their life as best they can. And for that, because sometimes there's no electricity or no gas or no water, they need support. They need support in order to manage their everyday life. So we put in place a system uh, well over a year ago for delivery to the front line to make sure that in one go we bring people what they need. So this is absolutely essential for the well-being of people impacted uh, by this horrendous war. And the war has also brought trauma that is something that we don't talk much about it. It's hard to see trauma, but we hear trauma. We hear it in the voices of the people we talk to, we see it in the faces of, of the elderly people, the younger people. The incessant noises of the shelling of the air sirens, it's very disturbing. And I've said it many times, it's very disturbing to, to all of us. So we're trying to better connect delivery of supplies with delivery of services by connecting to local organizations that can bring that psychosocial support. And we're very, very grateful to Right to Protection, to Politica, uh, to the Ukrainian Red Cross, to Caritas, these organizations that do bring that support. The psychosocial support, taking care of people, their well-being, is just as important as delivering the supplies. They have to go together. Our priority is absolutely the life-saving assistance to the communities along the front line. These are carried out several times a week, either in our joint convoys or by local organizations that partner with, with, with the UN or uh, larger, larger institutions, and they go on several times a week. And again, the importance of this is not just bringing supplies, but bringing moral support, bringing our presence protection by, by presence. Also the assistance to the internally displaced, those who had to flee their homes and who are other, in other parts of the country continue, but alongside also ensuring that the medical services continue, the psychosocial services continue, support to victims of conflict-related sexual violence or gender-based violence. All of this is done alongside the, the national government, the regional authorities, the local authorities and civil society and I think we have really found a way to contribute successfully to all of us providing a package of support to people who are suffering from this war. And is it having an impact? We only come because we're needed. People have made a very difficult decision to stay in these places. 
and our assistance ensures that they have the minimum and a dignified life. Delivering close to the front line requires extremely good planning and coordination. We need to ensure that we don't put colleagues at risk. That won't help anybody. Where we have absolutely not had success is delivering humanitarian support to the Ukrainians who live on the other side of that front line. And this is something that remains a very important issue. Crossing the front line requires guarantees of safety and security from both parties. And unfortunately, we have not yet been able to get that guarantee from the Russian Federation. This is about humanitarian assistance. It's not political. We only go in to support people. And I regret very much that we've not been able to do that. We have a very good idea what's going on on the other side of the front line, which is the, uh, also disruptions to people's daily lives, disruptions to supply chains, to markets being open, to medicine being available. But we have pretty precise information, and so yes, we have good reason to be very worried about the people, the Ukrainians living on the other side of that front line. How was the funding situation? What was the donors? Uh, uh, how, how the donors supported the humanitarian response here last year, this year? We've been able to do our job thanks to member states and thanks to private private sector foundations supporting us and ensuring that where there's a need, there was a response. It's been incredibly important in this context as suffering continues, homes are destroyed, hospitals destroyed clinics destroyed, people having to move, and if we're able to immediately provide assistance, that is hugely reassuring to people who find themselves in, in the war that they have nothing to do with. So I want to thank everybody who's supporting us. As I've said many times, as the war continues in Ukraine, the suffering continues, and therefore the humanitarian response alongside the government response remains absolutely essential. You've been Traveling, as we mentioned before, it's many communities. I think the level of devastation that you saw is unimaginable. Also, stories of solidarity, of people supporting each other. Can you tell us what, what you saw, what you heard? The United Nations doesn't work alone. So even here today in Kupinyangs, with the front line not far away, all the volunteers came out to help offload and store the essential supplies that we brought for the winter months. So we do things together and it's that solidarity of the community under very difficult circumstances coming to work alongside us, also with the local partners who are here today with us. That's the way we do it here. It's hugely successful. It's a model for, for other countries. Have there been any moments during this year that comes back to your mind? It's the small things that make a difference. And I've been a couple of times in the past few months to a place called Chasabyar, which is less than five, I think five kilometers from Bakhmut, one of the hot spots uh, in this war. And there's no electricity, no running water, no gas. And on our second trip there, this wonderful elderly woman who's lived there for 50 years and says she's not leaving. She was so appreciative of our presence that, and I don't know how she did it, uh, made these fantastic apple donuts and insisted on the truck drivers having them and us having them, on the local authorities who were there. It was such a moment of human kindness and the most extreme of situations that it's those small moments which make a huge difference to, to us and, and the work that we do to support the people of Ukraine.
you mentioned that it was a, a woman and you are also women leading the humanitarian response here. Women are on the front line. They're on the front line as volunteers, as mothers looking after their families. I've met women who stayed behind in very difficult contexts, running local clinics so that the people who were there would continue to receive medical support. I've met women mayors, I've met women activists. The backbone of the humanitarian response, I must say, is, is women. It's local women, regional, national and international women. And somehow we have found each other and connected to ensure that we do as much as possible together to alleviate the suffering caused by this horrific war. Now looking ahead to 2024, what's going to be necessary to support uh, the people? About 2024, the winter will continue. Uh, it's cold in Ukraine up until the end of March, so this winter response will, will have to remain in place uh, for the next three to four months. And then, as long as this war continues, not only does the suffering continue, but it deepens, and the poverty deepens. And, and this we need to be prepared for.